0: This is
1: about you but there are times well probably not times there are a lot of times that I think I have a better way of fixing a problem you know someone presents something to me and my mind immediately goes to another solution whether it's my wife or kids or you know, whoever it is, they present something and my mind immediately goes to trying to figure out, you know, is there another way that this can be done better? And we do it with God. And praising God seems like an inefficient way Of fixing a problem. Of dealing with things in our life. Worshiping God doesn't always seem like the best way to deal with a problem. And yet, (laughs) it means surrendering control to God. When we begin to worship, it means, God, we are realizing the only way we're going to win this is turning it over to You. There is no other way. You know, there's a song out there called "There's." It Was a Strange Way to Save the World. You know? And, uh... Jesus... <laughs> coming as a baby was a strange way to save the world but it worked (laughs) and worship is a strange way for us to surrender everything we have to him and so I just want us to push in one more time press in one more time and I feel like there's some battles going on in your life right now I don't know what it is what you're fighting but just press in a little bit further. Surrender, whatever it is you're dealing with. There's an altar here that has purpose. (laughs) Still today, it has purpose. Its purpose is for us to surrender to God. That which we are still trying to hold on to. So as we worship one more time if there is something you need to lay down at an altar it's still here just worship just push in press in let's worship for a little bit longer here just uh, look to that one on your left or on your right and just let them know you surrender it all to him today. Surrender it all to Jesus today. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you, worship team. I want to remind you of our Christmas Eve service coming up here. 6 p.m. on what day? Just testing you. And uh, it looks like we may have uh, Centerbrook Church joining us this year. They uh, checked in with us this morning and asked if they could join us. So, uh, sir, our friends from down the road here, uh, Assembly of God Church. So, praise God to ask us if they could join us this year, and uh, we would love to have them. Then uh, Miss Meredith, uh, uh, you have your women's event coming up here. Do you want to uh, just go ahead and talk about that real quick before we get going? Um, you laid it right there. There it is.
0: So next Sunday, the twelfth, we're meeting at two p.m. Ladies, we're going to have a little Christmas get together. Scan a hot chocolate bar, make a Christmas craft. So if you could, if you will be here, please sign up. There is a sign up sheet on like the bulletin board right outside in the lobby. Um, sign up for me so I know how many will be here so that way I can get enough so everybody can do a craft. If you don't
1: want to do a craft, you can
0: still come and
1: drink hot chocolate and hang out with us. So
0: that's next Sunday at two PM.
1: That's right. Thank you for taking care of that. And uh Thank you, Michael, for cheering on the ladies. And also next Sunday, right after the service, um, uh, the youth are having a dessert auction, so several of you normally bake desserts to help us out with that. So uh, Tabitha will, uh, if you have not responded to her on that, you can send her um, an email on that or text her on that. And I would tell you her um, number, but I have no idea what it is off the top of my head because my phone is right there, and I don't memorize anybody's number anymore. So, except for my wife's. So, I know, I know. How many of you used to memorize everybody's number before cell phones? There was a day that I could tell you like a hundred different cell phone or phone numbers. Not anymore. So, but uh, anyways, it's in your directory you know. It's probably in your bulletin even. Um, But send Tabby a a text if you're going to bake a dessert for next Sunday. It's going to be right after service, Um, but they are raising funds for Elevate and for Youth Camp for next year. If your young person is going to Elevate or Youth Camp, also text Tabitha um, so that she knows that they are going. And it's going to be this year, Elevate is in Cincinnati. It is not in Columbus. So it's first year that they are going to Cincinnati, a whole new location. It's going to be a great time. And for those of you who are visually offended at the fact that I did not center the communion table, I am sorry. <laughs> yes, I put the communion table out, and let me rotate this over a little bit. I know some of you, you're thinking, I just cannot believe the communion table is off center, and I'm sorry. I know. That's what's happened when you let a one-eyed guy put the communion table out. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle, for pointing that out for everybody. (laughs) Somebody asks me all the time, is that straight? It's like, are you sure you want to ask that? (laughs) Yes. Are you sure? I have no idea. (laughs) Today it is, but tomorrow it may not be. <laughs> Am I standing straight? <laughs> All right, here we go. Praise God. Um, you know, I love Christmas. It's a great time of year. Now, I do have in my car my Christmas hat. I, I, I don't wear it in here because I, I get really hot in it. You know, it's a, it's a, it is a Santa hat. Okay, I'm not trying to offend anybody, um, but but I love my, my hat, especially during those cold days. Um, there are no young children in here, if you, you know, I don't believe in Santa, and and someone coming, some jolly old guy coming down a chimney, okay? Now, St. Nicholas was a real person. You know, we can, we can go through all that, and I can share you the historical facts of all those things. But I love the hat, and, and, and because now I do have my beard for the winter season, um, and I do wear red a lot, I do get a lot of looks from children. Um, but one of these days I may even wear it in church, but anyways, never mind. Um, but I love Christmas, and I love Christmas music, and I love all those things, because I love the joy of the season. I love what the, I love what the spirit of the season, because of what Christ came to bring in this. You know, um, it is because of what Christ came to do in our hearts. It really is. What Jesus did in our hearts should bring such excitement in us, not just during this season, you know. Now, I love the decorations we get to bring in the church, and I love all the things that it does all over the place. I don't like some of the things it does in people, some of the the psychotic nature it brings into people's lives. Um, I don't like the poor choices that it brings in people. Um, also, um, I, I don't like the, the focus that it gets out of control that sometimes people get off of the fact that this is about Jesus Christ, (laughs) you know, um, this is about the birth of the greatest, uh, uh, person ever sent to earth, you know, that's, that's the reality, you know, I love that, you know, but, We, as the church, should be the happiest people in the world during this season. And there are times I am disappointed in the church. (laughs) I'll just be honest. Because we're not. Man. As a church, sometimes we fall so short of being um, the, the, the happy people that God wants us to be. But also... This season should bring peace, right? See, today's focus is about the promise of peace coming into our life. The promise of peace. And because of what Jesus Christ came to do, we also should have a deposit of peace in us that should, boy, it should outweigh anything else going on in our, in our world, and there are times we fall way short of peace <laughs> you know it does it should not matter what's going on in the world we should be at peace now i live in a world where people are stressed because of stuff you know Now hear me. I mean, I'm, I'm around, I mean, I, I work besides the church. I work in a, in a hospice setting around people that are dying every day. And, and this is not meant to be offensive. We're all dying every day. Okay. This, that's the truth. From the day that you're born, you start dying, right? Okay. It is appointed unto man once to die. (laughs) You know, we're, we're all going to leave this world. Now, you have a choice. You could start from the point that you're born learning to live or learning to die. I, I want to learn to live. And, and so I choose to learn to live my life in, in as full a capacity as I can. Now, I, I spend a lot of time who, around people who just focus on dying. And, and that is one way to live, <laughs> Or you could spend your time, even though you know you have a, an end point in life, choosing to live. And so I choose to live my life every day, regardless of all the stuff going on around me. And, and part of that is because I have a peace. I, I don't, I'm not worried about everything going on in the world. I don't care... I'm not concerned about COVID. I'm not concerned about another variant of COVID that's out there. The truth is, there's going to be more variants coming from now until the return of Christ. You know, it's just the truth. Until, until (laughs) Satan is done, there are going to be more variants and more destruction Satan's purpose is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you say, well, are you saying that Satan is behind um, COVID? Um, I'm saying this, that Satan is behind anything out there that is killing and stealing and destroying. Period. Period. So anything that is about that, yes, I I think he's behind those things. He is behind this destruction. That is his purpose. And, And our focus can never be about anything that gets us off of God's purpose. And so we have to never lose sight of the fact that regardless of what's going on in the world, we can never allow it to affect our peace. And so when we look at these things, last week we looked at hope, right? We can't let those things deter our hope. Our hope is in Christ. They can never steal our hope. We are grounded. We are we are established in the hope of God. The hope of Christ. They can never steal that. But they can also never steal our peace. And so today I hope to be able to establish a level of peace in your life that... Regardless of what comes, you're going to be able to stand strongly in the peace of God. A peace that is going to be able to carry you regardless of what goes on. I remember back a number of years ago, how many of you have ever gone Black Friday shopping? I used to be psychotic in Black Friday shopping. There was a day back many, many moons ago. uh, My daughter and I went out. We went to Best Buy in South Dakota. Um, I don't know. We got there like 8 p.m. And Best Buy didn't open until like 4 a.m. Or something like that. Was that... We're younger. We were not as wise as we are now. Now, let me just tell you, Best Buy in South Dakota in November is not very warm. So what Tia and I had to do to hold our spot in line, now the line was like over a mile, like it lined up, you started at the line, and it went down the building, around the building, around the parking lot, and it kept going. And um, so we had to take turns and we'd go sit in the car. Like some people actually brought tents that they built right in line so that they would be able to stay warm. It was so cold. I was in, I was in, like we weren't, like we weren't novices for cold weather. I was in a snowmobile suit with thermals <laughs> and I was still freezing. <laughs> It was so cold. But let me just tell you, standing on concrete by the time it was 2 a.m., I was exhausted, you know. I was done. And then at some point in the morning, they started handing out tickets for some of the items. I mean, and they were great deals, but after a while you're thinking, this is stupid. (laughs) And here's the thing. We were like 12, I don't know, it was, I lost, I I think I lost brain feed after a while. But here's the thing, I think we were the last person in line to get some of the items that we actually wanted. Like it was, when they handed us the tickets and they stopped handing out tickets for the things that, the, the main items, it's like. We knew the favor of God was on us. If you say God's favor is not on those things. It's like, okay. Yeah. But we still got what we wanted and then we left. And but that was the last time I I went out Black Friday shopping like that. It's like I never it's like I'm God, I'm never doing this ever again. I don't care how good of a deal this is, this is stupid. Because as soon as that went over, it's like people now we we were guaranteed to get what we wanted because we had the ticket. We had the ticket. But people were crashing the doors. There was no peace. You look at Black Friday shopping today, and people are insane. Fights break out. It is insane. I don't go out shopping anymore on Black Friday. My peace is more important to me anymore. I I don't even, I don't go anywhere near those things. And my sleep is more important. (laughs) You know? And and granted, that was only 12 years ago. (laughs) 12 years of, you know, maturity. (laughs) But I just, I just can never, I mean, when I see those things happen, I'm thinking, how in the world can we celebrate a season that is supposed to focus on Christ with so much violence, so much hatred, and yet, In the midst of all those things, we can kind of understand why the people of the time that Jesus was coming were kind of hoping that the Messiah was going to come and bring a ruler that was going to eliminate the rule of Rome. Right? You can understand that, right? You could almost hope for that even. You could almost hope for a Messiah. You could almost hope for the return of Christ that would come and eliminate this chaos to that point so that there is no more of this violence anymore. Every time that I see that and I'm thinking, Lord... How can this be still going on? The other day, I was walking, um, I, and I just—it amazed me. I was walking into J.C. Penney's, and this was at two p.m. And in the parking lot, there was this couple, this family. I mean, their kids were there, and they were yelling at each other, cussing and swearing at, they were having, it wasn't a a fisticuff, but it was this, they were having this verbal fisticuff. And I'm thinking, can you guys just go home? There have got to be like a million other places that you can go have this. And the things that they were saying to each other and the world was hearing, everyone was uncomfortable. I have never seen people, and it was a beautiful day outside, and I've never seen people walk so fast to get into JCPenney's. Just trying to get away from this, this family, and I'm thinking, Jesus, intervene, bring peace. I mean, I'm one of those people who will intervene in a lot of situations. And this was one of those moments. It's like, Lord, is this one of those moments that you want me to go over and intervene? And as the swearing increased, I'm thinking, Lord, I don't sense your presence in this moment. I did. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I have intervened in a lot of fights before. I've, I've inserted myself between people having fist fights. But this was a moment I'm thinking, Lord, I don't sense your presence in this moment of me getting in between these, this family at this moment. And, uh, but I almost did. And I just thought, Lord, I just, my heart breaks for these people. Yeah. There were so many people. So, and it wasn't just a husband and wife, but it was a husband and wife, but it was, it was multiple people in this family. And there was so much violence on both sides. And I'm thinking, Jesus, intervene in this moment. No peace in this moment. Church, we can understand why the people of God expected and desired Christ to come and eliminate the rule of Rome at this time like this. So wanted it, because this was the heavy hand of Rome on them. They just wanted, they wanted, they hoped for peace, a relief from some of this. One of, one of the prophetic promises in the book of Isaiah was that the Prince of Peace was going to come. And they were hoping that this was the leader. Isaiah 9, 6-7 through 7 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors from his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. See, this is what they were hoping for. This, they were looking for the, the Lord of Heaven's army, the Prince of Peace, to come and set them free. They didn't expect a baby in a manger. to come it caught him off guard and yet god's methods sometimes catch us off guard what we need to realize is god has a plan and his plan is in the midst of our struggle to do something that will capture us in a way that causes us to wrestle with our pain. To wrestle with our situation in a new way. See, I believe it is no secret that we live in a time where there is little peace all around us. But what we do with the situations in our time and in our, in our world is difficult up to us. And that's where I think what Jesus wants us to experience today. And it's what he was wanting the children of Israel to do in their time. That's why he didn't come to them as a ruling king. He wanted them to encounter him as a baby so that they would learn to deal with their problems in a different way. He didn't want them to deal with their problems By him coming in and ridding them of the the situations by a ruling hand, he wanted them to to wrestle with them by a gentle hand through a time of maybe contemplation, through a time of um, inner turmoil. He wanted them to realize that the things that were going on inside of them were also evident of the things that were going on inside of the world itself. That the things that they were struggling with are also present all around them. I think so many times we think that things that are going on inside of us are Are isolated incidents, but I think many times what we're dealing with are really an extension of things that are going on in the world all around us. The reminders that we live in a broken world. We don't like to be reminded that we live in a broken world, but we do. I love that our our God chose to come and bring the message in an uncommon manner to uncommon people. He came to shepherds to announce the coming of the Messiah. When you realize who the shepherds were, They were a lowly group of people, (laughs) Um, mostly um, single men, young men. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest, they didn't shower a lot. There weren't a lot of showers out there where they took care of the sheep, right? Unshaven, um, single, smelly. Men, this is who God chose to announce the coming king to. Is that who you would announce the coming Messiah to? (laughs) Um, they they many times weren't the most educated. These were rough people, you know. Many times they were rough individuals because they fended off the sheep from wild animals they 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 learned to survive by their wits they, they might not have been book smart but they were smart in the things of survival but they were also able to survive long periods of time that might of being alone And so when the angel showed up it really captured them shocked them. And so our, our our passage really brings that to light for us. We're going to look at that out of out of Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 12. It says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, as rightly so, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring Great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. One of the articles that I was reading said this about the shepherds. That the shepherds of the ancient Near East were anything but cute. They were some of the lowest in the, of the low in the Jewish society. They were a nomadic group who lived off grid, traveled to find pasture. Um, They tip, you know, it said they were typically young men without children, not clean, didn't smell good, blue collar crowd, worked hard, long hours to earn a living. They were not the ambassadors of the community. And yet, these were the first people to hear the birth announcement of the long-awaited one. I think it's important for us to understand the message of Christ came to these shepherds first because it represented the availability of the message of Christ to all people. See, if God If God would have sent the message first to the ruling elite, it would have said the message was first and and primarily to those of that caliber. They would have guarded that message and said that it was primarily for them. But God sent the message first to some who were seen as the lowest. Indicating that the message really... Number one is the peace of Christ is for everyone. And that is why it is so important that we take this message out there to everyone. There is a sense from the very beginning, the Christmas story, that the hope, peace, joy, and the love that arrive with the birth of Christ is not just for the powerful and the perfected. It is available for everyone, every boy, every girl, every man, and every woman. The child who is born is for everybody, everywhere. The peace that will come with his leadership and rule is not for the ones who are already in power, but for the ones who are scratching and clawing just to make it another day. If you don't feel like you are worthy of The peace that is found in Jesus, just know that you are in good company today. The message of peace is for you, it is for your spouse, it is for your children and your grandchildren. Praise God. The angel of the Lord appears to these men out in the field, and their first response, and I'm sure for us to do, you know, today it would be a similar, their first response was terror. They were scared. They are fearful because the glory of the Lord shine shone around them, and in the dead of night, it was an overwhelming experience. And the first words spoken over the shepherds, and I believe over us today, are words of peace. Do not be afraid. Can you imagine those words spoken by an angel over you today? See, I look at those words today and I, and I speak them over you today. And I think these words are so valuable to us today. And I, and I, and I want you to begin to think of these words in whatever situation that you are struggling with today. Peace. Do not be afraid. Though you may be facing a painful situation, do not be afraid. You may be struggling to restore a relationship. Do not be afraid. You may be facing an unfavorable diagnosis. Do not be afraid. You may be anxious about the circumstances that swirl around you. Do not be afraid. Here is why. The angel says that he brings good news of great joy for all people. He brings good news of great joy for all people. This is for you. Do not be afraid. He has come to bring you good news of great joy for all people. That's why it is so disappointing that we as the church are are sad during this time of year, regardless of what's going on in our life. We should not walk around defeated regardless of what's going on in our life because we know that this world is not our home. My wife and I have had this conversation time and time again. We have established it that, you know what, if something were to happen to either one of us, there is no putting us on life support. You know, it's there is—it's like, listen, if they cannot, if if there is no way to keep us alive, don't put us on life support. We've already established that. Let us go. This is not, this world is not our home. We have no desire to spend our days in a nursing home somewhere, come having somebody feed us. This world is not our home. Now, listen, I, this is not a judgment on anybody. I, I spend a lot of time in nursing homes taking care of, you know, visiting people. My mom is in a nursing home. Now, let me, can I be honest with you? My mom doesn't want to be there. Years ago, my mom said she never, she did not want them to save her. But she didn't put those things in writing and sign those things. And so when things happened in her life, other people made decisions for her. And she didn't get her wishes honored. And so now... She has other things that are being honored in her, on her behalf. I know for us, we've made decisions. We, you know, we've talked to our kids. We, we love our kids. And we want to be here as long as possible. But we also know this. Once it comes to a point where we can't have a quality of life, we also want them to let us go. So, we want them to enjoy their life as well. This is not our home. God has prepared a home for us. We made our peace with God a long time ago. We made those decisions. We, we've had those conversations. And, and you need to have those conversations with God as well. And we are, we are at complete peace and, and joyful about that. We're not afraid. <laughs> when, when God calls us home, there may be a few moments of sadness, but I tell you what, there's going to be some joy. You know, there's going to be some dancing. You know, there's going to be tears, but you know what? There's going to be a celebration that's going to be had. There better be. There better be tears and celebration. You better be crying when I'm gone, and you better be celebrating. You know, because I tell you what, this is not my home. And Jesus did not die for me to stay here and be sad. Jesus died so that one day I can go home to a mansion that he has prepared for me. And I'm looking forward to it. Because I know what, I've, I've endured plenty of hard days, but even in those hard days, I'm able to celebrate. Because I know <laughs> there's a better place, you know? And I'm excited about that. But church, I have peace. How many of you have peace? Praise God. And if you don't, man, I, I pray before we're done today. You do. We're going to work on you. I'm glad we have two more points before I'm done today. (laughs) Because number two is this, peace is not the absence of conflict, it is the presence of God. See, the peace that Jesus brings into our lives is not necessarily the absence of trouble, but instead it is the confidence that we are not alone. Never, never, never has Jesus left me alone. Now, I've left him many times. Oh, my. How many of you can say, oh, my? Man, I've walked away from him and been stupid. Now, I can't say that word in my house around my grandkids. That is not a word I'm allowed saying. Thank you. <laughs> they tell me frequently, Papa, we're not allowed saying stupid. I know, I'm sorry. But I have been stupid many times and walked away from Jesus in some of my decisions. And you say, well, pastor, how can you do that? You're a man of God. Hey, just because I'm a man of God, have you read the Bible? There have been better men than me that have walked away and made you know worse decisions. David killed a few people. Committed adultery. Let's be honest here. I, I'm... I'm just saying. Now, I haven't stayed there in my stupidity. I came back. I'm just telling you. And if you were honest, some of you may have been stupid too. I'm not saying you were stupid. I said may. So don't go home and start posting on Facebook, Pastor called me stupid. Because my grandkids will say, you're not allowed saying that. you're going to have trouble in this world. And if you don't know how to lean into the the peace of God, the trouble is going to destroy you. Man, Matt's Jeep, we had trouble. It's like we fixed one thing and the next thing broke. It's like, oh, Jesus, thank you. Have you ever wanted to throw a vehicle? I had full coverage on it. It's like, Lord, just had somebody hit this. Hard. Drive it into something. Now, I don't do that because, you know, I'm a man of God. But I never made me want to not think it. But, you know, after months and months, you know, of, you know, you know, thank you, Braden, for helping us fix that, you know. And it's back on the road again. But I tell you what, it was just, it was one of those trials. You know, we have those trials in life. And some of those trials test our patience and they test our faith. Um, and, And sometimes, let's be honest, our marriages do that. Our children do that. Hey. Don't, don't act like yours haven't been there. I have a lovely marriage, but there are times my wife has to put up with me.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not telling her my, your secrets, honey. I am, I am 100% controlling. You might not know that. Uh, I believe in controlling every aspect of my world every aspect of my world i have been i've been that way since um well since probably i was born um i believe in telling everybody what to do when to do it and how to do it and so and there are times that gets me in trouble Because sometimes my wife does not want me to tell her how to fix her problems. Or that something may be done better or different. Or my opinion. So I get in trouble. Thank you, Martha, for that hand. And I've been that way my whole life. And so 26 years of marriage just means, you know, I've had a lot of those moments. Mm -hmm. Now, Jerry, you and Martha have had how many years? 64 years. God (laughs) bless. I am not not there yet. And my wife doesn't have hearing aids that she can turn off. (laughs) But you know, um, trials in life test us. And if you don't have a faith that teaches you to endure, you want to quit. I have friends that have quit their marriages because it got difficult. I have friends that have quit their kids because it got difficult. And if you don't have a faith that teaches you about a peace that allows you to hold on to God, boy, you're in trouble. The peace of God is not an absence of, it is a presence of. Luke 2, 13, and 14 says, Suddenly the angel was joined by the vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Do you realize that when we learn to find that peace of God in the midst of our, our struggle, that God finds pleasure in us? When we learn to find peace with God in the midst of the struggles of life, that there is a a pleasure that God finds in us, not because we quit, but because we learn to lean into Him in the midst of all the struggles. Number three. God's favor comes from being at peace with God. Not only is God pleased, but God also has a, a favor. You know, my kids tell you all the time that they're, um, they're, each one of them thinks they're their, my favorite. And they are, each one of them. For different things, they're all my favorite. Um, but God's favor comes from being at peace with him. There is a favor from God that comes when we are literally at peace with him. There is a special, I I believe there is a special pouring out from God of, of his blessing in our lives. See, I believe the greatest need for peace is between us and a holy God. See, and this is where some of you really need to lean into it for a minute. Romans 8, 6, and 7 says, let your sinful na- so letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. Letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting your spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. When we find ourselves lost in sin, our spirits are at odds with God. We don't submit to Him, and we won't submit to Him, because we think we know better. See, I believe there are so many people that are not at peace with God because they think they know better than God. When you look at the number of people that are not in relationship with God today, they're not there because they think they know better. They've trusted in so many other things in this world. They trust in their their wealth, their riches, their cars, their houses, their relationships, whatever it is, you know, their knowledge. But they haven't trusted in God. Some of them don't believe in God, but let me just tell you there is coming a day when they will stand before a holy God and all of those other things will be burnt up as hay and stubble. And they will give an answer. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the only thing that will get them in (laughs) is the peace of God. And it is a peace that if they don't already know it, they will not have an opportunity to get it. You must have it before you get there. <laughs> it's a sad thing for some. Some think they can get there. Some think that their parents can barter for it. We told our children a long time ago, you must establish your relationship with God on your own. You, you cannot get it from us. There comes a point where you must know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you must learn to walk that road. And I am thankful beyond anything that I can ever communicate to you. Even as we sat down um, in a family conversation the other day, hearing our children talk about even through all of the mistakes that we may have made in parenting or you know, things you know, that we've done throughout our life, they, they all talked about the investment we made in them and teaching them to walk out their faith. Greatest thing that we ever did for any one of them was teaching them that they were responsible for their faith. And they all made a decision to serve Jesus. And they love him. And I'm thankful for that more than anything. You know what? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared if any of them ever graduated high school or did anything else in life if they knew Jesus. That's the only thing that matters in this world. That's the truth. When my wife was homeschooling, I struggled with a lot of things at first. I'll be honest. I, when I came home, I thought, man, they just needed to get into the books, But then after a while, I realized when they were spending two hours in the Word of God, (laughs) they don't need to get into the books. (laughs) Um, There's a book out there called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, or from, yeah, the Greek, um, by Rick Renner. Now, it's not a kid's book. But my children started bo- um, that book as their devotional um, um, for homeschool when they were in um, probably um, starting in first grade through <laughs> that, was their, that was their textbook. And, and it helped establish them. And they would spend hours talking about it. It's amazing what it did for their, their faith. And I would come home and their first two hours of the day would be they had spent in, in Bible study and talking about the Word. After a while, it's like, there is no better decision you could have made. Um, church, let me just tell you, I don't care what, you, what goes on in your kid's life. If you can teach your children the Word of God and how to have a peace with God that passes all understanding whatever else happens in life it's not going to matter cuz in the end it's all going to be wood hay and stubble other than their relationship with god that is the one thing they're going to stand before god for so teach them the word teach them to give a, be able to give an account for their faith to give an answer and if you are not ready to give an answer For your faith, today is the day to get ready. There is no reason for you to wait. There is no reason to wait. And I've made it simple for you. I've even put a prayer up here on our screen for us. Now, even as we are going to all stand, and I'm going to ask each one of you, even if you already know Jesus, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me out loud. You're going to say, but why do I have to say it out loud? Because you're going to help everybody else here. Now, if you don't know Jesus and you say this out loud and you mean this in your heart, Scripture says that God's going to hear you. Now, the truth is, if you don't mean it in your heart, it's just words. But that's true about any one of us, even of every song we sing and every word we speak, if none of us ever mean them. They're just words. But I believe that there is an opportunity today for us to enter into a relationship with God, even if we don't know. Now here's the thing, once, one, once we're done with this prayer today, you have to tell somebody. If you made this confession today, and it is your first time of making this confession in your heart, then after we're done, then you need to tell at least one person, hopefully multiple, that you actually confess this and you confess Christ as your Savior. And so, I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. And today, it's, it's praying for peace. Now, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And He is going to come into your world, into your life, in the same manner. So I'm just going to ask you to just repeat after me, repeat the words, out loud, boldly, confidently, unashamedly, Let's pray together. Jesus, I'm in need of the peace that you so freely offer. I want you to come and rule in my life. I confess that I have sinned and been at odds with you. Forgive me and allow me to receive the favor that comes by your grace. Make me an agent of peace in the world. And may my life reflect your love. Amen. Father, you've heard the words that have been spoken here today. And may these words today reflect the work that has been done in the hearts of these people. Father, we thank you for this today. And Father, I pray Father, that if there has been one that has been uh, entered into this covenant today with you, I pray, Father, for uh, a celebration to be happening today in heaven and in this place. We we rejoice with you today in these moments, and we thank you for your word for all things. We ask for this in your name. Amen. 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 Praise God. At this time, we're going to wait upon you for a morning tithes and offering. All righty. Also, we want to let you know that our new digital sign is on its way. Actually, we'll be here this week. So we are excited about that. Uh, It has been a long-awaited thing. It took a while. Actually, we've, we've been in the process of this for several months, but um, uh, parts of our sign were in the middle of the um, ocean for several months because um, they would not let them land. So, but praise God, they finally got to shore, and now they're on their way here. So praise God. Uh, let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. We pray that you would bless this offering, multiply it, and uh, bless it, and we just thank for the faithfulness of your people, and we ask for this in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, Board members, I want to remind you this coming Saturday, we have a board meeting, I believe it's at 8 o'clock this coming Saturday. Um, If I'm wrong, please let me know, but I think it's this Saturday at 8. God bless you all, love on each other, and uh, we'll see you uh, later this week.